3, amen, Romans 12 and 3, and um, these last few uh, sermons have been um, different, at least from my perspective, in, in the sense that rather than preparing slides and a lot of the stuff that we, we normally do, I'm just um, sharing with you uh, some notes that really... I was going to say a conversation that me and the Holy Spirit had, but that's that's really inaccurate. We're still having it because I'm I'm at a point. Matter of fact, I told him real early this morning. I'm like, I know this is not where this trail ends. You know <laughs> that there's uh, that there's uh, uh, more beyond this, and uh, and it really ties back into to the uh, question. You know, why did you doubt the question that Jesus uh, asked um, Peter? But um, Anyway, I'm just going to go through that uh, with you and share some things with you tonight, and it's all related to faith. So Romans chapter 12 and verse 3 says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. As God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So we started looking at the event in Scripture where Jesus was walking on the water and the disciples were in a boat and Peter saw Jesus walking on the water and he said, Jesus, if it's you, bid me to come. And Jesus told him to come and Peter obeyed him, got out of the boat and walked on the water. But when Peter became distracted by what was going on around him, when Peter became distracted by what was going on around him, I'm going to say it one more time, when Peter became distracted by what was going on around him, because that's how the enemy works, right? He wants to distract us with what's going on around us and get us to respond to that and get our thoughts and, and you know, that sort of thing you know, set on, on, on those. Well, we see that Peter began to sink. And this is such an important faith lesson because we see faith producing a result then in real time we see doubt enter into Peter's heart and undermine his faith and cause the result that his faith was producing uh, to, to no longer be produced. And so as I was meditating on these verses and just having a conversation with the Holy Spirit about them, you know, one of the questions that I asked him was, you know, where did Peter get that faith? I mean, because clearly he walked on water by faith and the Holy Spirit just prompted me, Romans 12, 3, that Peter got the faith the same place everybody gets faith, and it's a gift that's given to every man by God. And so as I begin to meditate on that particular passage, Romans 12 and 3, where it says, God hath dealt to every man, shared with every man, distributed to every man the measure of faith, I begin to see something here that I haven't really seen before, and that is faith as a substance that can be measured. A substance that can be measured. So, for example, you can measure, um, you know, a teaspoon of vanilla. You can measure a pound of sugar. You can measure a quart of oil. And so we sometimes think of faith in terms of theory or a philosophy existing in the mind. Um, But faith is first and foremost a spiritual substance that can be measured. Now, we said it's important for us to begin to think of faith that way because um, this means if, if what we're saying is accurate, and, and I believe the Bible's accurate here in our understanding of it, 
is, is that you've been given a measure of this faith and it resides in you now. So we said that faith is a substance that can be measured and it is capable of releasing a spiritual force greater than any force of nature or darkness. Again, faith is a substance that can be measured and it's capable of releasing a spiritual force greater than any force of nature or darkness. Now, as I begin to think about these things, and we shared this part last week, I begin to think of this this uh, spiritual substance that's in us that can move mountains, that, that can enable a man to walk on water, that, that can multiply food. And, 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 of course, we know that this faith is the faith of God and that God himself has shared his faith with us and that he has put a measure of the very substance that he used to create the universe inside each one of us. And that ought to stir you up right there because every time I say it, it just, it, 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 it stirs me up. Now, um, in class, and we, and we use this uh, to, to make a different point, but I'm going to use it here because it, the, the principle, I think, is, is absolutely um, the same. And the, the point in the class, the discipleship class this evening was that um, your life experience will rise and fall to the level of your thinking. Your life experience will rise and fall to the level of your thinking not to the level of your potential, not to the level of your potential. You see, um, when, we, when we think about aptitude and attitude, aptitude and attitude, um, a lot of people listening to me right now had the aptitude, the inherent ability to make straight A's in school, um, but didn't make straight A's in school because you didn't have an attitude to go along with your aptitude. In other words, you didn't have the mindset, you, did, you didn't have the, the focus, the, the, the diligence or what have you uh, that would have enabled you to realize the potential that you possessed. It's kind of like, you know, we would take these standardized tests throughout school, you know, and inevitably there would be this guy that made C's and D's that would make one of the highest, you know, ACT scores in the, in the whole senior class, whole junior class, you know. And you're like, man, this guy's brilliant, you know. But, so he has the aptitude, the potential, but not the attitude. So your life experience will rise and fall to the level of your thinking. You have the faith aptitude to move mountains. You have the faith aptitude to raise the dead. You have the faith aptitude to do the works that Jesus did and even greater works because he went to his Father. Again, a measure of the very substance that God used to create the universe dwells in you. He's dealt it to you. It abides in you, okay? So that's the potential, but your life experience doesn't rise and fall to the level of your potential. It rises and falls to the level of your thinking. Amen. And so it's very important for us to recognize that this measure of faith is in us, that God has given us faith. The devil tries to tell us we don't have any faith. He's a liar. He knows he's a liar. He is a liar. You have not only been given faith, you've been given the God kind of faith, and you've been given a measure of it, and just a grain of it, a speck of it, will will move Mount Everest into an ocean. And it resides in you. It resides in me. So the enemy has tried to water down our understanding of what faith is by overuse, by misuse, by the word being used in so many different ways that we've lost sight of what it is. But we said faith by any other name would still be the spiritual substance capable of releasing a force greater than any force of nature or darkness. Now, praise God. This is where 
we've gotten to this point a few times, a couple of times already, but I wanted to get here early tonight so we could we could push further in into uh, what I believe the Holy Spirit's saying to us. All right, and that is, you know, if if what we're saying is true, and it is, and I say if I'm not I'm not like doubting that it's true. I'm just this is uh, a way of reasoning. In other words. Um, Let's, instead of saying, if this is true, let's say, because this is true, then what else is true because this is? So, that, so I, I need to just thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping me because, you know, when I say, if this is true, I don't, I don't mean like I don't believe it is. It absolutely is true. So because it's true, you know, what does that imply? What does that mean moving forward? Where, where do we go from here with this? And so I begin to think of this, this and we, we went there last week, I'm not going to go there again this week, but it's this common storyline to superhero movies where, you know, something comes from another dimension, somebody gets their hands on it, and they now become, um, you know, a threat uh, to the world, and, and, and only the superheroes can neutralize the threat. And, and, and faith is, is like that. It's a substance that came from another realm. It's a, it's a substance that came from, a, from another. It's not an infinity stone. It's the measure of faith that created the universe. And, and yet we have this. God's dealt this to every man. And because it is so powerful, because it is so powerful, he gave us this measure of faith with condition. In, in other words, it's, it's conditional. And the first condition that we've looked at is that faith will not work outside of the word of God. And because God's will is expressed in His Word and faith will not work outside of His Word, this means that faith can never be used in a way that Father God did not intend for it to be used. In other words, this, this power, uh, this force of faith that resides in you, this chunk of faith that, that's, that exists in you right now that will move mountains, um, will not work outside of something that Father God has spoken, something that, that Father God uh, ha- has said. And so that is one of the uh, first conditions uh, that I believe the Holy Spirit is, is, is wanting us to understand. And so there's a lot of people that, that would hear me tonight and, and they would say that not only is, is, is this some storyline from a superhero movie, it's a, it's a bad one at that. In other words, the people in the world think we're nuts. They, 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 in other words, they, they don't understand this. They, they have no, they don't value these things. They don't, you know, there's a lot of people in the church that think we're nuts, you know. But, but again, this, this is, you know, Jesus didn't do what he did by magic. Are, are you following me? There was some oomph behind what Jesus did. There was, there was, a, there was a, a force, if you will, that enabled him to do everything that he did as a human being on this planet. It was faith. It was him demonstrating faith for us. It was that when Peter was walking on the waters, demonstrating the measure of faith that Father God has dealt to every man. So this, this condition... Um, faith by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The substance of faith inside of you is awakened and activated by hearing the word of God and faith will only work in conjunction with the word of God. The word of God reveals to us the will of God because faith will not work outside of what God has said. It cannot be used in a way that he does not desire. Now, we come then to this 
next one. And while that one's kind of, it's real easy to kind of package and present and speak and, you know, put a bow on it and, you know, this, the, the next condition that's required in order for faith to operate in our lives, in order for faith to release from your life, remember it was Peter's faith that was released that enabled him to, he didn't walk on the water because of Jesus' faith. He walked on the water because of his faith. And, and so it was Peter's faith that this is a force greater than the forces of nature. And so that the force, that, that, the, the measure of faith, that substance of faith, by any other name, is still the substance greater than any force of darkness or nature that's in you. It, it has to, thank you, Holy Spirit, let, let, me, let me say it this way. Condition number two, and this is the one that's, it, it, it kind of just goes like this. I mean, it, it, when I say it like starts here, but it just branches out into so many different things. And among those things, this is where I, I told the Holy Spirit this morning, I know the trail doesn't end here, okay? But I'm going to tell you where we're headed. It may be a week or two before we get there. But it's why doubt... is kryptonite to faith. And, and let, me, let me tell you where I am on it. I just, I'm getting ahead of myself, way, way ahead of myself. But let me, let me tell you where I am on it. And you be praying with me. You be thinking about this, okay? But, but this is what the Holy Spirit is showing me. And I never thought of it this way. But doubt is pride. If God says this carpet's purple and you say it's, you doubt it, you see what I'm saying? So we don't think of it that way. We think, oh, poor pitiful us. Yeah, we're just struggling. And blah, blah, blah. No, it's pride. It, it, amen. Let me get back to where I'm supposed to be. So that's kind of coming out of this right here. But this is where this is, I'm trying to follow, you know, I'm backtracking this uh, as the Holy Spirit kind of walked me through it. And so he took me in, in my heart to Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, the, the last part of that verse, it says that faith works by love. Faith works by love. And so any motive apart from love will neutralize the force of faith. It's, it's like a safety on a, on a high-powered rifle. Um, it, you know, un, unless, unless the motive behind pulling the trigger is love, the trigger won't pull. Un, unless... Love is the motivating uh, factor in the heart, then faith uh, will not produce what it would otherwise uh, have the ability to produce um, in your life. And so how about this, and we'll maybe get into this more because we, the Holy Spirit took me back to these verses later. But from there, I thought, you know, 1 Corinthians 13 and 2 and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I'm nothing. So, you know, faith operating, you know, according to the standard that Jesus gave, moving a literal mountain into a literal ocean. But he says again, without love, this, this, is, this is nothing. So Father could not allow the vast power contained in the measure of faith to ever be used in a malicious, harmful, or vindictive way. This is why faith will not work apart from love. So one more time, any motive apart from love will neutralize 
the force of faith. Now, if you hadn't figured it out, I, I like to present things real neat and packaged in A, B, C, 1, 2, 3, but not because I have to do it that way, but because it just makes it easier to communicate, it makes it easier to remember, and so forth and so on. But this is where we're just going to, I almost wish we were like all sitting around, um, you know, my kitchen table, you know, our Bible's open, just kind of talking, you know. Uh, and hey, by the way, let me encourage, thank you for being here, those of you present in the room. I want to say, I, I want to say last week, and I don't want to misquote this, but I believe it was 179 people were joining with us. You know, sometimes we look around, it's like, well, you know, not that many folks present. Well, hey, amen, we got a lot of people that are, that are with us online, okay? So, um, you know, we'd have to do a Zoom meeting online, but, you know, we're just kind of sitting around the table talking uh, as opposed to me standing in a pulpit um, preaching. But let me, in the time that we have remaining, let's, let's kind of go down this branch of this pathway that I believe the Holy Spirit is, is paving for us, okay? Romans chapter 10 and verse number 10. It's right there in the middle of all that we find about salvation. I mean, we know that a person from a sincere heart can simply call on the name of the Lord and be saved. Um, in, in other words, a sincere heart, if you've ever heard Sister Gloria Copeland's testimony, um, just in a, in a moment of just feeling helpless and hopeless in her life, she just basically said to the Lord, you know, I give you my life, you know, if you can do anything with it, you know, I'm yours. It's real simple, but it's from her hearts when she was born again. You know, there wasn't this real, now like if, if somebody came forward tonight and wanted me to pray with them, I would take you to the scriptures. I would, if you believe in your heart, if you confess with your mouth, and I'm not saying that isn't important, it is, okay? But you don't have to even know Romans 10 exists to get saved. You, you understand what I'm saying? I mean, again, a sincere heart. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But what we have in Romans 10 is um, it laid out for us. And um, in verse number 10, really the first phrase, it says, For with the heart one believes, he goes on to say, believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto to salvation so that phrase for with the heart one believes well we know let's talk about it. let's kind of go back real quick we've been given this measure of faith the God kind of faith and it's spiritual substance that can be measured and father has dealt to you and me the measure of faith and we know that it's not like something we have in our wallet or something that we have in a safe at our home it's something that's inside of us okay and because we have a spirit, I believe that's where um, the measure of faith is deposited in every human being, in their spirit. And your spirit is one half or one part of what the Bible calls your heart. Your heart is the combination of your spirit and your soul. And so that's a technical way of saying that the measure of faith that you've been dealt by God, um, it it's in your heart. That's, that's, that's where it resides. Okay, that's where it resides. Somebody on the other side of the world that's never heard the name of Jesus a single time, if you went to them tonight and you begin to tell them about Jesus, the faith, that the measure of faith that resides in them, because God's dealt to every man the measure of faith, 
would be awakened and, uh, and activated by hearing the Word of God. Faith by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Because it, it, it already resides in... That doesn't mean everybody's saved. But the faith that's necessary for someone to receive salvation, Father's already given them that gift. He dealt it to them. Remember, remember what he says. He gave purpose and grace to, uh, to us before time began. What are these grace gifts that God gave to us before time began? I believe faith's one of them. I believe it's a really important one that he dealt again to every man. So begin to think about this. For with the heart one believes. In other words, that, that's it, it, not with the brain. I'm not saying our thinking isn't a, isn't a factor in, in operating in faith and, and, and all that. But again, faith isn't a function of the brain. It's a function of the heart. So here, here is this, here's the simple statement. Faith resides in and works from the heart. It, it resides in and it works from the heart. Sometimes you hear us use, the, and I say us, not just me, a lot of people around here, we use this expression to release your faith. And that's what Jesus was in essence saying when he told us that if we believed in our heart and did not doubt, we could say to the mountain, be removed, and the mountain would obey and be cast into the sea. So it's, it's, the, it's the speaking that releases the faith. Well, if, if we're releasing this force of faith to change things in the natural world around us, where is that faith? Where does it reside? If, if, if we've been given a measure of it, can we put our finger on where it is? Yes, that faith is in your heart. With the heart one believes... So faith resides in, and, and this is the, I'll be honest with you, I, it took me a while to really wrap my understanding around what he meant by this, but I believe again, this is what the Holy Spirit spoke to me, faith resides in and works from the heart. Faith resides in and works from the heart. And so <clears throat> I'm, I'm sitting there, you know, like, okay, that's cool, write it down, type it, whatever. And, and I'm, I'm trying to get a way of 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 visualizing this, of picturing this. And um, I'm going to be honest with you, it, it, it didn't come immediately. It, it, it took a while, okay? Um, but here is what I believe that the Holy Spirit um, showed me. He said that faith resides and works from the heart the same way a bulb resides in and works from the lamp. Okay? So, if you have ever had a lamp that, you know, you pushed the button or turned the thing or maybe had it connected to a switch and it didn't come on, the first thing at least for me, I would think it would be for everyone. First thing I think of is, I need to replace the bulb. Right? Oh man, that bulb must be out. Okay? So, you know, we un- unscrew the bulb, we go find an, a new bulb, you know. <laughs> I don't want, am I the only one? Do you, do y'all, the LEDs don't rattle, do they? So that's, see, my grandson will never shake a bulb to his ear, will he? It's another one of those things that life's changing. Anyway, so you know, you kind of shake the bulb as you're walking to the kitchen. We keep ours in either in the kitchen or in the garage, you know, so I'm going to get a bulb, 
And, um, but have you ever went and got a new bulb, put that bulb in the lamp, and it still didn't come on? Now, see, it, sometimes it can be the lamp, but because we're so used to it being the bulb, when we put the bulb in the lamp don't work, we think, man, it must be another bad bulb. You know? it, it, because, again, it's this idea that if the thing's not working, there's got to be a problem with the bulb. Okay? Now, the simple lesson here, and don't, don't let it be lost on you, and I'm not going to let it be lost on me, is that a lot of times when our faith is not producing the results, we think there's a problem with the faith. But remember, faith resides in and works from the heart the same way a bulb resides in and works from a lamp. And the tendency is to think there's a problem with the bulb when sometimes it's not the anything wrong with the bulb, the bulb is perfectly fine. The problem is with the lamp. Are you ahead of me? Or have you already figured out what, I'm trying to, what the Holy Spirit's trying to say to us tonight, right? Sometimes we try to blame it on our faith. There's not a thing in the world wrong with our faith. There's something wrong with our heart. The faith resides in the heart and it works from the heart. In the same way, a light bulb resides in the lamp and works from the lamp. And if there's a problem with the lamp and the bulb, we sometimes think first the bulb in the same way that we sometimes think first it must be something wrong with our faith. My friend, if, if God dealt to you the measure of faith, He didn't deal you a clunker. He didn't deal you a dud. He didn't deal you some refurbished, secondhand, worn out, you know, used by somebody 3,000 years ago that, that all the good He's gone out of. He gave you his faith. Man, this was a, this was a revelation for me now. Come on, I hope, it's, I hope it's doing for you what it's doing for me. So, because again, we, we tend to think, well, you know, I need to work on my faith. Uh, and I'm not saying that we don't need stronger faith. I'm not saying that we, we don't need to learn to grow in faith, right? But remember what the Bible said. He, he said that, that, that when you've done the will of God, that it's not faith that you need, it's endurance, it's endurance so that after you've done the will of God, you can inherit into your life reality the thing that you believe God for, the promise that God's made to you. So let's talk about it then for a minute. Endurance. See, that's, that has to do with the lamp, not the bulb. Endurance has to do with something in our heart, a willingness to see it through to the end. A, a, a willingness to not give up, a willingness to not quit. The, the character, character is about the heart, right? See, he, you know, in Hebrews there, and I, that scripture, we'll look at it later, maybe, I don't know, but the scripture, you know, he's, he's talking about that, you know, we think that there's something wrong with our faith, and it's, it, the devil's lying to you. You've got the God kind of faith, it's, it's we need to look at what's going on in our heart. Because if something's not right in the heart, the faith's not going to work that resides in it. Amen. Just like the, if something's wrong with a lamp, you can have the best light bulb money can buy. But if there's something wrong with a lamp, there's no light coming. It's not, it's not going to work until we fix whatever's wrong with the lamp, not the bulb. Now, faith is faith. I'm talking about the substance now. 
See, it's, it's like any other thing that's spiritual. And, and I, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but I'm, I'm trying to just stay in the flow like all this came to me. But I'm, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but I think it, you know, because again, you, you learn something, you look back on other things, and it sheds light on it, right? Let's, let's talk about <clears throat> I think y'all are in, y'all have heard me in the Holy Spirit and others and the Word of God for yourself talk about this enough to where I don't think I need to spend 20 minutes explaining it, okay? But if I am not, let's just say in my life that I'm not exemplifying perfect righteousness in my behavior, does that mean I'm not righteous in my born-again spirit? No. See, the, the righteousness that resides in my spirit, the righteousness that I became the day I became a new creation in Christ Jesus, it's Jesus' righteousness. It, it doesn't get any more righteous than Him. There is no higher standard of righteousness and this is the righteousness that he made me. This, this, is, this is who I am. Okay, that's, that's, what, that's the righteousness that, that's, that's in me that I am right now. But remember, I also have a soul and I also have a physical body. And so this inward reality of righteousness, I'm learning how to express it in my life experience. In, in my daily walk. So why am I talking about righteousness tonight? Well, one, because I just decided a long time ago that it's not talked about enough in the body of Christ, so we're going to talk about it all the time. But the more specific reason is, if you can understand that, then you can understand what I'm saying about faith. Just because faith isn't, you know, displayed in my life in, in you know, Abrahamic perfection, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with the faith that I've been given. Are you, are you seeing this? I, I mean, I've been given the measure of the God kind of faith. And that's the, that's the faith that's in me. Now, I'm learning how to operate in that. I'm learning how to walk that out. I'm learning how, for, remember, the inward reality of a new birth becoming an outward expression of life. The inward reality of the measure of faith becoming an outward expression of life. They're, it's, it's the same deal. It's, it's, the, it's the dilemma that we have to understand being a three-dimensional being, born again, spirit-filled, living in, a, a, a blessed by God, living in a, in a cursed world, in a, in a broken planet. We're in this world, but we're not of it. And so this is why, think about it for a minute now. Above all else, guard your heart. See? See? Why? Why? I mean, that's, I mean, it's hard to get any more, um, direct pointed in other words you know i understand a command from god is a command from god but when you have a command from god instructions what whatever but when he like puts the 
with all diligence. Prioritize this. Give it all you've got. Make it, you know, we, our ears need to perk up. There's, there's a reason why he's telling us to do that. And the reason why, I'm not, I was going to say maybe, is always going to be more than we understand right now. This is why we have to trust him, right? So this measure of faith, but we, it, it, it'll only work in our lives under certain conditions. And one is, it'll only work in a pure heart. Are you, are you seeing this? If, if there's, that's why he said, after we read it last week, I'm not going to turn back there, I know I'm about out of time, but remember Mark 11, he tells us all this about speaking to the mountain and having faith to God and the mountain obeying you, and then he says, and while you stand praying, if you've got a problem with anybody, forgive. He's like, don't even, I, the way I hear, and when you stand praying, first of all, he's equating speaking to the mountain with being prayer. But it's like, you know, don't, don't go get a glass of tea and do it later. I mean, right there in that moment, while you're releasing your faith, if there's any issue that you have, some offense with somebody, forgive them. Because he brings forgiveness right alongside that. Why? Because, again, see, forgiveness is a heart, it's a heart condition. You know, or unforgiveness, that's, that's an issue with the lamp, right? Faith resides and works from, resides in and works from the heart, okay? Just like a lamp, just like a light bulb resides in and works from a lamp. And if there's a problem with the lamp, the light bulb won't work. If there's, if there's a problem with the heart, then, then the faith won't produce the result that the faith could otherwise produce, so that's the same. This is why Jesus said, if you believe and do not doubt in your heart. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Can I say something that I just, that I just stand with me, that I just need to say? And I, I'm not trying to be controversial. I'm not trying to pull a pin on a hand grenade or anything like that. But just... just just hear me, please. I just feel like I need to say this, and I'm going to say it, and somebody needs to hear it, right? You, if you're born again, you are a child of God. You, you are one with Him. Are you, are you hearing me? And He knows that we're a work in progress, but He has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Somewhere along the way, re- religion... And, and, and religiously minded people have, have, you know, have crammed this idea, idea down, our, down our throats that if we've done something wrong and haven't asked him to forgive us yet, that somehow we're not saved. You know, we, we, were always, we were always, you know, told that um, you, you, you better ask God to forgive you because you never know, man, you could die just like that. And, and if you've got something that you forgot to ask him to forgive you for, you're going straight to hell. My friend, the Bible does not teach that. The Bible does not teach that. Thank God there's nothing that I know of, and, and I pray that he would tell me if, if, there, if there was. But if there's something that I have somehow wronged my earthly father, 
that I need to ask him to forgive me for. You, you realize that even though I may not have asked him to forgive me yet, I'm still his son. I'm, st- I'm still his son. Now, obviously, my, my uh, communion and fellowship with him uh, could be affected by something that I need to ask him to forgive me for. But just because I've done something wrong and, 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 and need his forgiveness, it doesn't cancel out me being his son. No more than it cancels somebody out from being our Heavenly Father's child. Are you hearing me? But it'll affect your lamp. It'll affect your heart. Doesn't mean you're not his son. Doesn't mean that he doesn't love you. Doesn't mean that, doesn't mean that if, now again, you can pray about it. It's okay. Talk to me about it if you want to. It, it doesn't mean that you're going to hell if you die before asking him to forgive you. If you're his son, you're his son. He'll be standing there just like Jesus told us about. Remember the father? He went running to the boy. Right? I mean, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't have a scenario where a son had wronged his father anymore. His dad didn't wait for him to come groveling, begging for forgiveness. He ran to him, grabbed him, fell on his neck and kissed him. He said, oh, I'm so glad you're home, son. I missed you. I love you. Somebody go get this boy a robe. Get him some shoes. Find a ring. Get my ring, my top ring. It's in my drawer. I've been, every morning, I don't even put it on my finger because I don't want it to go on another hand until it goes on his. Bring it here. Right? See, that's, that's. But let me tell you where it'll get you. And I'll show it to you in the scriptures. You, you, you harbor that kind of unforgiveness, things that you need to ask to be forgiven for, things that, 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 that you need to forgive other people for. going to hinder the way your faith works amen father you're good to us we love you thank you tonight for teaching us these things thank you father for helping us see these things father our hearts have always been your target lord lord you 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 want our heart more than anything else father You want our hearts. And Lord, I thank you that um, we're not going to be like a lot of your children who serve you with their mouths and their hearts are far from you. But Father, we want our heart to be one with you like our spirits are one with you. so that the measure of faith you've given us to do your business in this created realm can be done in demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit. Father, thank you for those that are so faithful to come, Lord, and be present here in the building on a Wednesday evening. Thank you, Father, for those who are so faithful, Lord, to either watch us live, some working late, Lord, they don't have a chance to maybe later tonight or sometime tomorrow. Lord, thank you for all those men and women who have made your word and what you're saying to us in this season a priority in their lives. Thank you for rewarding those who diligently seek you, Father, in Jesus' name.
Amen and amen. All right, shake somebody's hand or give somebody nucks or whatever you do. Uh, amen. <laughs>